You are listening to the CMC Podcast. Join us each week for messages designed to equip, inspire, and motivate. And now for today's message from Pastor Tim Brooks. I want to welcome you to our 10th and final lesson as we end this series with 3rd John. If you're not there, turn to the back of your Bible to 3rd John. This is the shortest New Testament epistle. It gives us a glimpse into the early church and, and early church problems and, and problems with people. This is just a fa- fantastic piece of Scripture here for us to study. And I, I'm looking forward to some of the things that we want to talk about here. As you read this short letter, you find yourself thinking that times have not changed at all. People are still people. Uh, people still act like people act. And, and when you read that, this could have been written just last week, not... Um, not back when it was 2,000 years ago. I mean, it's just it, people are still, human nature is still the same. The key words in this letter, different translations, will be testified or report or bear record, having had a record. We're going to talk about some of these key words. But I want to begin by, by saying, because we're going to talk about this, all of us, all the time, we're a witness. And you need to know that. You, all the time, everywhere you go, you are a witness. And you are a witness for good or you're a witness for bad all the time, but you're a witness. And, and I think we, I know, too often we put such a, um, a, a place of prominence on the preacher preaching the word and a less, uh, even it total insignificant of the way we act during the week. And you don't realize it, but for the most part, the preacher up here preaching the Word is preaching to a bunch of saved people. You're living your life in the workaday world with the unsaved, with the lost, and you are the only, they don't hear a Sunday morning sermon. You are the only Jesus that they see. And, and what, you, what we just don't re- realize, I mean, we don't get our mind around the fact that the way I live my life, Monday through Friday, on Friday night, Saturday, the way I live my life is the only sermon that many people will ever hear. And we, we can't overlook the importance of the way we live our life and the witness that our life is. We're going to see in verse 8, um, depending on your translations, fellow workers. Some translations say partners. If you are helping the cause of Christ or you are hindering the cause of Christ all the time. And you just, we have to be aware of that. All right, let's get going. This is a letter to Gaius. John mentions two other men here in this third letter. Diotrephus, I looked up the, the way you pronounce that. Diotrephus is the long pronunciation of that. Diotrephus. And then Demetrius, two other men along with Gaius. And we're going to see either... People are a problem, or they are a problem solver. 
you are a problem or you are part of the answer in every situation. And you've got to ask yourself, am I being part of the answer or am I being a major part of the problem in this marriage, in this home, at this place of employment? So you can point out everybody else's faults, but we don't analyze our faults. We can point out everybody else and what they did wrong and what they should have done, but we don't analyze our part in what just happened. And I'm asking you throughout the day, are you a part of the problem or are you being a part of the answer everywhere you go? All right, we want to look at these three men. Verse 1 through 8, Gaius, the encourager, we're going to see this. Verse 9 and 10, Diotrephus, the dictator the power-hungry guy, and then verse 11 and 12, Demetrius, the example that we are going to pattern our life after. Let's get started. Gaius. I'm writing this letter from John the Elder. I'm writing to Gaius, my dear friend, whom I love in the truth. Verse 2. Dear friend, I hope all is well with you and that you are healthy in body and as you are strong in spirit. Some of the traveling teachers recently returned and made me very happy by telling me about your faithfulness and that you are living according to the truth. I could have no greater joy than to hear that my children are following the truth. Dear friends, you are being faithful to God when you care for the traveling teachers who pass through, even though they are strangers to you. They have told the church here of your loving friendship. Please continue providing for such teachers in a manner that pleases God, for they are traveling for the Lord, and they accept nothing from people who are not believers. So we ourselves should support them so that we can be their partners as they teach the truth. Wow, there's so much right here in these first few verses that I just found myself all day. I don't have time to get into that. I don't have time to get in that. I got, oh, we, we just got to move through this in the allotted time that we have. <clears throat> verse 1, well, beloved, in whom I love. Verse 5, the beloved. Uh, John obviously loves this guy. Here's his greeting. <clears throat> we get to verse 2. There is a lot lost in verse 2 in a modern translation like this one that I'm reading. Uh, if, if you're doing a Bible study, you always need to get two or three or four translations and read that verse in three or four different translations because it puts things together in your mind and it will help you. Uh, the King James Version is really explains this in a way that you can understand what it's saying in verse 2. And probably when I read this, this is the verse you will remember. I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. That's the King James Version of verse 2, and that really lays out what he is saying here. A powerful verse, so much insight, and probably we could do a, a couple of different lectures on this one verse because there's so much in here for us to see. God's desire is for us to prosper. Beloved, I would that you prosper. God's not after you. He's not against you. God's not trying to do you in and put you. God wants you blessed. God wants to see you blessed. God wants you living in blessings. I want you to prosper, and I want you to be in health. But I want you to look at this. That will come as your soul prospers. All right, we are body, soul, and spirit. What is the soul? Our mind. That's the word we use. So when you read the word soul, you, you, you can substitute your mind in here. He wants us to prosper. He wants us to be in health. But that's going to happen 
as our mind prospers. That's one good reason we're sitting right here in this time together now. We're trying to teach ourselves. We're trying to educate ourselves. God has given us access to so many tools. He, he has met so much of mankind's need already. It's here and our need is met. And the reason we're not prospering is not because we need God to give us something or do yet one more thing for us. It's because we need to learn some things and learn how to use what he has already given us. Learn how to better. Oh, God, I need this and I need that. And God's up, I've given you all this. I want you to think about this. Do you realize that when God created the heavens and the earth and, and he put all this together, do you realize that everything was created and put on this earth for man to build an airplane and fly? Yet for 6,000 years of human history... We walked and rode a donkey. But everything was already here. Think about this. Everything was here for 6,000 or 5,900 years for us to drive in a car and we're riding a camel. And everything is here for us to ride in a car. I want you to prosper. How is your prosperity going to come? As your soul prospers, now it, it's just amazing. Everything was here for you to ride in an air-conditioned car. You push a button with a seat warmer or an air conditioner warmer in your seat cooler in your rear end, and you're riding in a covered wagon. But everything is already here for... I mean, this can just go on and on and on. Everything was here. God created everything for you to have a microwave in your house. And yet it took us three hours to build a fire and bake a potato for 6,000 years. And everything was here for us to put a potato in a microwave. It was here. But we didn't do that until our soul prospered. The iPhone. Nothing's been created. Everything was in this earth to build the iPhone for all of these thousands of years. To build the computers. I mean, I can just go on and on and on. The only thing we didn't have was the knowledge. Right, look, I would that you prosper and be in health. Everything was here for us to have antibiotics. But what, we only had that in the 1950s with Louis Pasteur? I, you know, I don't, I'm not really up on all of that. I mean, think about all that's been here for thousands of years. Think about the polio vaccine. Uh, we didn't, in this generation, live through the horror of that but that vaccine changed the whole world now that was here all this time we put it together I, i'm just I, I can't i can't wrap my mind around a heart transplant around kidney and liver transplants i can't wrap my mind around that but you think about all the people that died needing that before that was even invented but here's what my point is Everything to do that was here all of that time. We, oh, God, I need this, and God, I need that. God, it's out here. God, show me what I need to do to get prosperity and health. Show me what I need to do to live in the blessings of life. God, you want me to live happy and blessed and prosperous. You want me to live that. Okay, then show me what I need to do. 
as our mind, verse 2, as our mind prospers. It's as simple as I put it. You can't pray for health and go to bed with a wet head and sleep under a fan. That's my point here. You can't pray for health whenever your hair is wet and you got a fan on you going to sleep. You can't pray for money and God to bless you financially when you continue to spend all that you make. And when you spend all that you make, and even in our society, what's good about it is we can spend more than we make. And you continue to spend, swiping your card, and you spent more than you make. Oh, God, I just, I need, oh, God. I want you to prosper. I'm on your page. But it's going to be as you mentally prosper. We just got to make some changes in our mind. It's amazing the people that need financial help desperately, but they're too busy to go to a Dave Ramsey seminar. They just don't have time to get some of his books and videos and, and to edge. But, but boy, they're desperate, but they just hadn't got time to do that. With our children, with our mates, with our marriage, we just don't have time to go to a marriage seminar. We don't have time to read a book on parenting. Oh, I tell you, these kids are just driving me crazy. How many books on parenting have you read in the last two weeks? Do you see what I'm talking? You see what verse 2 is all about? Come on, we're going to have to understand what God is telling us. I got to move on. I get hung up. Verse 3. Some of the traveling teachers recently returned and made me very happy by telling me about your faithfulness and that you're living according to the truth. I could have no greater joy than to hear that my children are following the truth. What a great testimony! Walk in truth, obeying God, living in truth. People are telling me, I've heard about you. All right, I want you to listen. Everybody gossips all the time. Everybody talks about everybody. Here's what I'm asking. What are they saying about you? Now, People talk about everybody. When you're over at a friend's house and you leave, before you get to the car, they're talking about their time with you. Or they're talking about you before you come over. My question is, not whether they're talking about you or not, what is being said about you? Boy, that's a great guy. Boy, you're talking about an honest. You're talking about a hard worker. You're talking about a man of integrity. Boy, you're talking about a good husband, a good father. You're talking about a, a great woman. You're talking about a godly woman. You're talking about a good mom. I'm telling you what, you mention her name, all I can think about, boy, she is a great Mom, you're talking about a wonderful church member. Man, you talk, I'm here volunteering to help. What? Mention your name. That low-down circuit, you better lock your doors. I mean, what is being said about the way you're living? What, what's being said here? We've we got to give some attention to this. When I read that, I'm motivated. I'm motivated. And I want all of you to know, I, you... you you TC guys, you Shalom that are here with us uh, in this series, I, I want you to know there's just there's not much more important than your reputation. There's not much more important than the life you're living because you are a testimony for good or you're a testimony for bad all the time. Now, what is the wake 
that you're leaving? Are you leaving a wake of hurt and pain? And or are you leaving a wake of blessing and of confidence? And see, you, your life has got to mean something. Now, is it meaning something good or is it meaning something bad? And that's got to become important to you. Not just how you feel at the moment. Not just, I want to feel good. I just want to feel high. I just want to. It, that's, what's more important than that is what's being said about you. The lifestyle that you're living. Let's move on here in verse 5, 6, 7, 8. We are to assist in the ministry of the Word. Now, I've, out of all the study I've done here, there is no indication that Gaius was a preacher. I don't find really any indication that he was a preacher or a pastor of a church. But he opened his heart, he opened his home, and he was a constant help and encouragement to other people. In Second John, the letter that we looked at last week, he wrote to a lady, and he said, Be very careful. Don't show hospitality and take in false teachers. Now, be, be careful with who you're just opening your door up to. You don't just invite anybody in. Now he turns right back around in Third John and encouraging Gaius to do so to true ministers, to people who are living right, doing right, and their life is feathering the ministry. Not only open your heart up, but to give. Look in verse 6, 7, 8. But to give financially, he's talking about being fellow workers or being partners. A lot of scripture that we could go to, and, and we just don't have time here. I've got to move on. But a lot of places in the Bible, it talks about us supporting the ministry financially. And as a Christian, you are called to be benevolent. You can't be greedy and be a Christian. You can't be a non-giver and be a Christian. As a Christian, that means you are a contributor and a giver of your home, of your time, of your assistance, of your help, of your efforts, of your, of your finances. We are givers. Now, as you break down verse 6 and verse 7, first of all, our ministry of giving honors God. It honors God. Verse 6, the end of verse 6, it says, worthy of God. Some translations say pleasing to God. Some of your translations say benefits God. See, we please or we benefit God when we bless His kids. And any parent can relate to that. You understand what that means. It, our giving honors God. Secondly, verse 7 uh, as, a, as a believer, we are a giver into God's work. It is a witness to the lost. And then he says, don't take anything from the Gentiles or the non-believers. Our support comes from God's people. And, and this has been a real soapbox of ours in this church for a long time. When we have a youth function and we're having a kid's function and we're what all the stuff that we do around here we don't send our kids up the highway out here and ask all the businesses to donate some coke or donate some pop or would you want to donate a box of cookies you want to do 
I don't want our church to be a mooch in this community. I want our church to be a blessing to this community, and we don't go to Walmart and ask them to donate anything to this church. Well, we're having a youth function. Y'all, would, y'all, would your business like to donate this? We're painting our youth room. Would y'all like to donate paint? Would you like to, I, I don't like... Churches are not to go out and fleece their community and take money from the lost because it hurts your witness to the lost. This is our church. This is what God's called us to do, and we're going to take care of the business here. That's what we're going to do, and we're going to do it by giving into the work of the kingdom. We don't come here and sell cookies to one another. We're not going to set a table up out there and everybody break brownies and sell our brownies to each other. We're not doing that in this church. We are givers in this church. And if we need a youth building, we're going to build it. Well, I'm not giving $5. You cook me a brownie and I'll buy it from you. Well, I'm not going to give 75 cents. Well, you cook two cookies and put them in a little Ziploc bag and I'll give my 75 cents to the youth building. We don't give 75 cents to the youth fund because you cooked me a cookie. That's not the way we do here. Because we are Christians, we are furthering the kingdom of God, and whatever our children need, whatever our youth group needs, whatever the junior high group needs, when we need a new bus, we need a new van, this church will ante up and bring the money up here to do that, because that's what we're called to do as believers. I've never gone to a business and said, well, we're a church, would y'all like to donate $10,000 off of that van, because we are a church. We're not going to do that in this church. Our church, made up of believers, will fund what God's doing. That's what he's talking about here. All right, number one, honors God. Three motives for giving. Number two, provides a witness to the lost. The third motivation is just simply obedience. It's simply obedience to God. You look in verse 8. When we bless someone who is doing something, we are being obedient to God, and you become a fellow worker, a co-worker, a partner with God. Now, I, I try to say this often, and maybe I don't do it often enough. Maybe I ought to talk about this every single Sunday morning in here, but you don't come and put money in these baskets without understanding You are feeding this week hundreds of starving kids every day the only meal they're going to get in Honduras. That's what we're doing right here. The only meal, one meal a day, little beans, a little rice, a little oatmeal, a little shredded chicken, that's the only meal they're going to get. Many of us have been down there countless times. Hundreds of meals a day that this church right here feeds, and you're a part of that. You're, well, I gotta give some money to you. I'll give some money to you. If y'all don't give this week, we're not gonna be able to turn the lights on next week. When a church starts out their broadcast with that, I think their lights ought to be turned off. I, uh, well, if you don't give, we're gonna go off the air. Well, that'd probably be a blessing to all of us. That's not what we're about. That, that's not what the ministry is about. I, I want you to know that for over 30 years, we have sent money every month to Africa to an orphanage there and to a school there 
that's doing a super work in Africa. Solid, solid people that we've known for 40 plus years that are there. And our money goes to Africa. A part of every penny you put in place goes to Africa. Right here in America, uh, we seldom. You just don't hardly turn on TV anymore that you don't see David Barton on one of the shows. The profound impact that he's having in Washington, D.C. The profound impact. We send him a big check every month to wall, not him, but to wall builders, to fund all the books and all the movies, all the things that they're producing. And every dime you put in here, part of that goes. You are a fellow worker. Well, I'm not called to preach. I don't do anything. All, all I do is mow lawns every week. That's all I do. You've got to understand, that's not what you're doing. Mowing lawns is an avenue to funnel money to you, and you're putting money in here that's having a profound effect in Washington, D.C. I've been there. I've watched it. And then I could just go on and on and on. The impact that this church is having on churches in Missouri, on churches in Tennessee. I I just got an email that week before last about the little children that have been led to the Lord since January in their church. And the person said, I was at the minister's conference in January. God spoke to me while I was there. I was to go back and work with the children in our church. I signed up and I went over to y'all's training time at the minister's conference and was trained in children's ministry right here. I went back and started volunteering. And she sent me a picture and the names of all the kids that their children's church has led to the Lord and baptized since January. I don't want to take up too much time, but you need to know what your money is doing. You you need to know where our giving is constantly taking place. I had a pastor, he and his wife have been pastoring now for, I think, 22, 23 years. They're building a new building and their church has grown and outgrown where they are. And he sent me a note and he said, I just want you to know my wife and I, first of all, would not still be pastoring and in this ministry. Secondly, we wouldn't still be married had it not been for you and your church's constant input in our life. There's no way that we can say thank you to what y'all have done. That's what you're doing here. See, that's what... And I could just go on and on and on. All right, back to our scripture. That's what fellow worker, that's what partnering means You are partnering with all of these efforts. And I heard years ago, a guy was talking about finances, and he was saying how important it is for the Christians to be wealthy. And his point was, when Christians are broke, Christianity will cease. Because the lost aren't going to pay to print Bibles. The lost aren't going to pay to send missionaries. The lost aren't going to pay for children's ministries. See, the, the, we are the funders. You, you don't look to the lost to fund the things of God. We're the funders. And, and I never want you to underestimate the power of your financial giving into what God's doing. And when we talk about this, I wish I had time to do a series. You'll never outgive God. God, God, he talks about pressed down, shaking together, running. What comes back to you is immeasurable from your giving. Had a man some years ago, good friend of mine. His son was getting married. Son really wasn't right with the Lord. Son wasn't probably 
turned on to the things of God like he should have been. And the dad says, here's what I want you to do, son. He's getting married. And he said, you can't be blessed if you rob God. And I want you to be blessed. And you can't be. He said, here's what I want you to do for me. I know you don't agree with the church. I know you're not going to give any money. I know you don't agree with tithing. I get all that. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask you for the first year of marriage, I want you to pay 10% of your money to the church, and you write each week down what you put in there. And if at the end of the year you are not thrilled that you tithe, I'm going to write you a check and pay you back with interest every dime you've given to the church. Wow. That made a statement to me when he did that. That was 20-some years ago, and that boy today is still a huge giver to the things of God and sends checks quite frequently to this ministry here from another state. Just try me. Test me, God says. Just test me in this if you don't believe that sowing and giving into the ministry is a benefit. Verse 9 and 10. Dale Trafus, there, there are many people like this. They're, they're, just, they're, 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 they're just jerks. That's all I can tell you. You read about this guy. He, he has a constant attitude to promote himself. He, he, he just lives as a jerk. This guy is divisive in the church. This guy caused problems in the church. Uh, his, his legacy is that of problem causer. He is, here's the only place he's mentioned in the Bible, and what he is known for is the trouble he caused. Don't let that be you. Don't let your legacy be the trouble you have caused in the church, in your family, in your community. Do not let this guy be you. You have to change that. You have to change that. Bringing false charges, empty words, on and on and on. And John says, I'm going to expose this. We're not going to put up with this. We're not going to tolerate this. And that's what's got to happen. That's what's got to happen. We go on to the third guy, Gaius, Diotrephus, then verse 11 and 12, Demetrius. What a contrast he gives us here with this guy, an example. I want to encourage you. So many places we could go, it talks about imitating Human leaders, Philippians, imitate me as I imitate God. Follow me as I follow God. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1. I can't tell you in mine and Terry's life the value that it's been for us to pick out some people that we patterned after. To pick out some people. Years ago, we saw some guy that had a good marriage and good kids. And we said, that's what we're going to have. And so we started being friends with him and following him around. I found somebody that had money. I said, God's no respecter of persons. I'm going to get to be friends with him. I'm following him around. We're going on vacation together. I'm going to figure this out. And it has changed our life financially. I could just go down the line. What I'm telling you is you've got to get with people that you imitate. And you need to imitate people who are going somewhere. Why would you imitate some thug? Why would you pattern your life after some person that hadn't done anything, hadn't made anything happen, and there's nothing but a string of bad following them? Why do you want to be like that? Find somebody 
who is being a success and follow them. Are your, are your leaders in Shalom and Teen Challenge perfect? Absolutely not. They're not perfect, but they're going somewhere and they're doing something. Then follow their lead and follow their guide and pattern your life after examples that are, are given to you. The, and I could just go on and on and on here about Demetrius and, and what John is saying. Here is a bad guy. Don't follow him. Here is a good guy. Follow this example. You've got to follow good examples. And it's very important that we see Gaius, Neotrephus, and Demetrius and see what John is saying about their lives and who to follow and who not to follow. We get to verse 13 and 14. I have so much more to say to you. I feel that same way right now. For I hope to see you soon, and then we'll talk face-to-face. Peace be with you. Your friends here uh, send you greetings. Please give my personal greeting to each of our friends there. When I read stuff like that, that really affects me. Because that's in God's Word. Too often, oh God, where are you? You're out there. Look here, God's calling people by name. He knows who you are. He knows the kind of life you're living. He, he, he wants to greet. In God's Word, we read greetings like this. That lets me know what a personal God that we have and what a personal God that we serve. As we end this 10th week in our study, I really pray that you've seen some things in God's Word that maybe you hadn't seen before in these last 10 weeks. But more importantly than that, I really pray that what you have seen makes a difference in your life. Y'all stand with me. Father God, we thank you for all that we have been exposed to in these last 10 weeks in this study. Lord, uh, even with the hurriedly approach that we had to take to get through this material, I I loose the ministry of the Holy Spirit that calls things back to our remembrance as we need them. God, you continue to guide us as we live our life a positive, positive example in furthering your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. You have been listening to the CMC Podcast. For more information about CMC, our different conferences, Christian school, college internship, resources, and more, go to cmchurch.com.